1: live from the heartland and the crossroads of america it's tony Katz today when someone is destroying themselves don't get in the way i mean if if you like them get in the way but if you don't like them if you're not a fan let's argue that they are your political opponent don't get in the way. Don't, ma- don't change the story. Just let them destroy themselves. That's all I ask. I ask that we be a group of competent, cogent people. And when someone is ruining themselves, we let them do exactly that. What we should not do Is
2: this The greatest president in my lifetime, she said. I will never run against him. Then she comes over to see me at Mar-a-Lago. Sir, I will never run against you. She brought her husband. Where's her husband? Oh, he's away. He's away. Where, what happened to her husband? What happened to her husband? Where is he? He's gone. He knew. He knew. But no. Think of this. Think of this. I will never run against you, sir, but it's all over tape. We've got like 19, the great Dan Scavino, he made 19 versions of it. I will never run against him. Will you run against him? I will never. A little while later, Uh, I'd like to announce my candidacy. We don't need people like this. And I'll tell you what. She did a job. She was fine. She was okay. But I didn't put her there because I wanted her there at the United Nations. That was up to me. I wanted to take your lieutenant governor, who's right here, and make him governor. That's
1: what I wanted. So this was all just a play. You just dealt with Nikki Haley so you could get a new governor. Stop it. You liked her, and you know you did. You see, first you weren't friends, and then you said we're friends, and you liked her, and it's fine, and she is running because it's politics, and that's the way it goes. But where's her husband? What are you doing? What are you? Why are you getting in the way? There is one news story out there, and it is that Joe Biden is incompetent, is incapable. He is decrepit. He is in serious mental decline. And the 25th Amendment has got to get started. And what are you doing, Mr. President? What are you doing, Donald Trump? Get out of the way. I can't believe I have to be the guy who brings this up. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. That's where you get to be a part of the show. And, of course, uh, check out uh, the live stream, Rumble or YouTube, wherever you get yourself a good live stream. Drives me crazy. I have said this about Trump 19 million times. Uh, The the unenforced error. The self-inflicted leg shot. It's 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 mixed martial arts. It's UFC. Very rarely does one leg kick take out a fighter. That's super rare. Like sometimes uh, the kick will be so intense that that a fighter will break their own leg. I, it's leg kicks freak me out. They they always have. Um, but it's rarely just one. It's the accumulation of leg kicks that do you in. The accumulation of leg kicks. You keep getting that hit. You keep getting that hit. You cannot center yourself. And when, and anybody who's ever thrown a punch, when you're throwing the punch, it is about how you're able to move those hips. I, I don't know if they would call it torque. How you get around. It, it, you may have some arm strength, but it's nothing if you're able to put the weight of your body into it and behind it and really get the full, the full punch going. You need to be able to have your legs in order to do that. You need to be able to have uh, the the stance and and bear the weight. Leg kicks take that away from you. Getting hit with leg kicks again and again and again and again eventually takes away your ability to punch, and nothing has happened to your arms. It's all connected. I uh, equate leg kicks to self-inflicted wounds. I hate self-inflicted wounds. And I think this is one of them. What are you getting in the way for, Donald Trump? Get out of the damn way. Do not, do not, do not be the story when the story is so destructive to the guy you're running against. You want to tell a story. And you're, you, 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 may, you may argue, Tony, uh, Trump's not running against Nikki Haley. It's Nikki Haley, uh, she's down 30 points in, in South Carolina, and she isn't going to make a comeback for 30 points. Point granted. I'll give. Why create any other story? Why not force Democrats to be able to have conversations, force them into having conversations like this one?
0: Um So I think that's a really interesting point that I hadn't heard. And I do agree that it is important to, like, norms are important, right? The reason we're so far along here is because norms have not been followed. I would Mm -hmm. say I don't think that her is a good faith actor. And I think that 345 pages of that show that. I mean, he's not a neurologist, right? If you want to weigh in on (laughs) legal things, that's fine. But, you know, the idea, and again, to
1: fault... That's Molly Jong Fast of Vanity Fair, who is ridiculous. Robert Herr, the special counsel, who referred to Joe Biden as an elderly man, with a, with a nice elderly man with poor memory, describing how he couldn't remember when he was vice president, he could not remember within years the death of his son, uh, Beau Biden. Well, he's not a, he's not a neurologist. You don't have to be a neurologist to notice that somebody has lost their step. You don't have to be a neurologist in order to say that guy's not okay. I don't have to be a biologist to know what a woman is. I don't need to be a neurologist to know whether or not my grandpa's doing all right. Isn't it better that we're having this conversation regarding Joe Biden's incapacity, meaning we're focused on the subject that matters, we're focused on the fact that this man is incapable. He's mentally incapable of doing the job. He can't stand trial, but he can be president. How in the world does one engage that conversation in a rational way? That's what we should be talking about. Now, instead, we're having to talk about Trump and his going after Haley's husband. Haley's husband, by the way, is serving in the military. Why are you asking where her husband is? Now, it's not like Haley responded well. Donald
2: Trump had a rally today. And in that rally, he mocked my husband's military service. And I'll say this. Donald, if you have something to say, don't say it behind my back. Get on a debate stage and say it to my face.
1: She, she... she just missed the whole damn point. Get on a debate stage. what? What is that going to do? If you want to go after Trump for having his own mental issues, you say Donald Trump doesn't know my husband's serving in the military? Doesn't he know that my husband is serving so he could say dumb things like that on air? He doesn't know that and you go after him. Why doesn't he debate me? That is a boring Boring argument. Talk about missing your moment. You don't you don't even get to seethe properly, Nikki Haley. Good gosh. Say he didn't say it behind your back. He said it in front of thousands of people in South Carolina. Even when you're given the opportunity, Nikki Haley, you screw it up. That is stunning. I hate the unenforced error. I hate (laughs) it's 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 like Madeline Kahn in Clue seething burning flames out of the side of my face um it drives me nuts but maybe nothing is crazier than how people took Trump's conversation regarding NATO nations paying their fair share or really just what they owe Hey, people I don't like, I'm going to try not to, try not to curse on, 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 on on radio. I'm pretty sure you don't get paid that way. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if I unleash, I I don't get paid and and I like getting paid. So I'm going to try and find a way to do this. Hmm. Donald Trump did not state as a policy. I favor Russia attacking NATO nations and doing whatever the hell they want that is not what happened here not by any stretch of the imagination is that what happened here's what happened donald trump put together in that moment and it's 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 so obvious that that it's kind of hard to to fathom anybody seeing it otherwise a conversation of well, let's say we didn't pay. Let's say we didn't pay. What's the, what's the worst that could happen? What Trump put together right there, which anybody who has any life experience whatsoever, any life experience whatsoever would have put together, he put together a conversation about how a conversation could go. Tommy, so let's say I don't pay you nothing Let's say I know you tell me I got to pay. You're like, Paulie, you got to pay. Well, that's true, Paulie, you got to pay. You say to me, Paulie, I got to pay, but I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay. And let's say somebody bothers me. Tommy, let's say somebody bothers me. What, what are you, you going to do? You're not going to protect me? You're not going to protect me? Paulie, listen to me. Listen to me, Paulie, Paulie. Listen to me. Listen to me, Paulie. You gotta pay for the protection. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? I'm not getting paid. How am I supposed to protect you? Something bad happens. Uh, you know, uh, it, these things happen. You know what I mean? It's gosh, jeepers. You know, if you had paid, you wouldn't have to worry. Wouldn't even be a question. Wouldn't even be a conversation. You wouldn't have to worry about these things. But you don't pay. I, oh, hey, yo, I, oh, why? I, I don't. I don't even know. I don't. I don't know what could happen. I don't even want to think of. I don't even want to think of such a thing. That's such a terrible thought. I, if I were you. If I were you, I'd pay. Because I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to think about it the other way. That's what Trump is saying. That's as obvious as the day is long. That's what Donald Trump is saying. Anybody who thinks otherwise is out of their head. Do you think that that was Trump putting forth a theory that he hopes that Russia attacks other nations? If Trump had been president, the odds are that Ukraine wouldn't even have been attacked. So what is the argument here that he favors this idea that somehow other nations should be attacked? It is so blank and ridiculous on its face, and I'm sick and tired of children. I'm exhausted by people who have zero life experience. People so desperate to go after someone, to engage the attack, they don't take a moment to say, wait a second, what got said here? Go back and listen again to what it is that Trump actually said here.
2: They asked me that question. One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay, you're delinquent. He said, yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay. You got to pay your
1: bills. Are you telling me that everyone didn't understand that this was a conversation, even if it happened, that Trump would have in private with another world leader to get him to do what he wants? What's the matter? You don't think that the United States has ever put the squeeze on someone before? You don't think the United States has ever engaged in trying to pressure someone before? Let's let's at least all grow up. Of course we have. Of course that's what diplomacy is. Diplomacy is pressure. Do you, you're not going to pay <laughs> best of luck figuring out that russian onslaught you know those guys will just throw bodies at you they don't give a damn oh putin doesn't care who dies as long as he gets caviar he's just throwing bodies right they're gonna be flying like it's a monty python skit just one right after another you really think that's his policy let russia do whatever the hell they want Do you know how absolutely ignorantly stupid you have to be to believe that? That isn't what he said. When he talks about Nikki Haley's husband, I think it's the dopiest thing he could do. Make Joe Biden the story, Joe Biden's incompetence the story, Joe Biden's lack of mental capacity the story, and look at all the progressives, desperate, they'll lie, they'll do anything to somehow get you to believe that Joe Biden's fine. He's not fine. They're more interested in power than they are in the country. That's who they are. Don't get in the way of us noticing that. Be somebody who says you guys should notice this. Don't make it about yourself. Don't be cute. Don't be special. For the love of God, let Joe Biden lose. Just win by letting him lose. But I'm going to have so-called intellectuals on the political right saying this is what Trump said. This is his policy on Russia. It's. It's so ignorant that somebody would actually think that's what he meant, based on what he said, and you just heard it, that it boggles the mind. Man, I, I, the, the self-inflicted wound or ignorance, which one is worse? Oh, no, wait. Sometimes they're the same. I'm Tony Katz. about rescuing two hostages. And of course, all you hear about is how 67 Palestinians are dead. Those are numbers from Hamas. The Gaza Health Ministry is Hamas. I'm not listening to their numbers. People who can't get running water to their citizens. People who will put children up as shields to protect their missiles. All of a sudden, They've got perfect numbers on how many people are dead and how many are children and how many are women and how many are civilians. No, it's a fraud. It's a lie. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Uh, special forces entering a building in the center of Rafah. Two hostages guarded by Palestinian Islamist Hamas forces were kept. This, according to the story from DPA International. First civilian hostages that Israeli soldiers have been able to free since October 7th. And people are infuriated. My gosh, this is just another example of war crimes by Israel. Oh, I see it everywhere. War crimes. All of this stops when Hamas is destroyed. See, some people think that this stops when Hamas gives up the hostages. I think there's an opportunity for that. Me, I wouldn't stop until Hamas is destroyed. When the Palestinians, quote unquote, give up Hamas, they're over here. They're right here. Get them over here. This will stop. The pressure should be on Hamas to surrender. The pressure should be on Hamas to give up. And it's not. We're talking about hostages. Why aren't you recommending and pressuring Hamas to release the hostages? Well, they're a terrorist organization. You see what Israel needs to do? Israel doesn't have to abide by some code that you won't apply equally. And we should be clear. They do live up to a code. They inform people when there are going to be raids. Inform the citizens. Hey, you got to move out of the way. They have worked tirelessly to not kill civilians. But yes, civilians have gotten killed of this, I have no doubt, because it's a war. And the problem is, all these people behind their keyboards on social media, they can't accept the fact that it's a war and Hamas started the war. Hamas is the enemy. Hamas is the violence party. Hamas is the danger. Hamas, once they're eradicated, we can actually have peace. It can happen. Oh, and you might have to get rid of Iran and the terrorist organization there in the support of terrorism. But no, 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 no. Israel has to stop. If Israel stops, Israel gets destroyed. But then again, that for them is a feature, not a bug. I support the getting of hostages to the extent that we know how many hostages are still alive. But I'm not going to listen to people... Share with me Gaza Health Ministry numbers. No, no, no. None of those numbers are accurate. It's all a, a lie. And you're perpetuating the, the propaganda nonsense. People have died in this war. Undoubtedly true. And they will until Hamas surrenders. So tell Hamas to surrender. I'm Tony Katz.
3: First thing. All the
1: words my head I'm You have to accept the fact that the incrementalism way. has a value Ooh, I, I sometimes think I'm the only conservative left Who values this concept Sometimes I also think I'm the only conservative left cell, Tony Katz Ooh, Tony Katz today, what's going on? Find everything at TonyCats.com. It's, it's that I'm not a populist, and, I, and I'm like super clear about it. And I think I think it might bother some people, and and the answer is uh, okay. It bothers you. Actual conservatism, actual principles, actual philosophy. It's it's why from the very beginning I I've always said that there is nothing more non-conservative than never Trump. There is no more of a ridiculous "I'm full of crap" concept. That is the antithesis of conservatism than Never Trump. You, never communism, totally a conservative principle. Never Trump. That's just silly. But I'm not a populist. I I I I've I've never been. I, you, you the the idea of going about something for some short-term gratification as opposed to creating long-term opportunity. that that that's never kind of made sense to me uh, politically. You are heading towards a goal and sometimes you can only get what you can get in order to achieve that goal. This brings us to Congresswoman Cory Bush. The story here is that Cory Bush, the representative from Missouri, she, she herself, a, a race baiter, uh, a, talk about a nasty bigot. She was there in Ferguson telling us that hands up, don't shoot was a real thing when Michael Brown was never a real thing. Michael Brown was not a gentle giant. Michael Brown attacked a cop and broke his orbital socket, tried to grab his gun. That's who Michael Brown is. And if you don't trust me, you don't take my word for it. It's not my words. It's the words of the Eric Holder Justice Department. Cori Bush has turned this into a career in Congress. Corey Bush is down 22 points in the latest polling. And you're like, man, 22 points in that area of St. Louis. Who's this Republican she's running against? No, 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 no. This is a primary. This is a primary. And she is down 22 points. To a Democratic challenger. This, kids, is the way. This is exactly the way it has to happen. Not in every case, but in some cases. If, if, if I could, I would try and convince the people of that area of St. Louis to vote for a conservative. Can't vote for a conservative, vote for a Republican. Can't do that. Let's vote for a libertarian. In some cases, the libertarian before the Republican. If I can't do that, what are my options? Keep her? No, my option exists. That why don't we vote for a Democrat? That is that if if we could just avoid the whole race baiting bigotry, wouldn't that be great? What if we could elect a Democrat? We're going to disagree on abortion. We're going to disagree on spending. We're going to disagree on a host of things. But they don't believe that Israel should be destroyed. And they don't think that anti-Semitism on college campuses is something to cheer. What if we just started there? What if that was just the baseline? Just a little bit better. What if... They had concerns about uh, firearms, but they didn't think the Second Amendment should be eradicated. What if that Democrat exists? Uh, They they used to, and we used to call them Democrats. Now they're they're, uh, radical progressives. You don't always get what you want. So why not take steps towards making it at least a little bit better? And why is this such a such a problem? This is a different conversation than recognition that, for example, uh, Mitch McConnell may have to go. You do not have to put up with Mitch McConnell. He does not have to be the leader for forever. He might not be the guy anymore. And you say to me, "Well, does it does it make sense to to uh, replace him and 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 who else is going to really herd those cats?" And the answer is, "Well, you better have a plan." Kevin McCarthy didn't have to be speaker. My issue was not even removing him; it was that there was no plan after removing him, and that's nonsense. Have a plan. So you removed him. You then took three weeks of doing nothing, which, okay, I can accept doing nothing, but you did hurt your own brand. You then bring me Mike Johnson, who so far, when it comes to spending bills, has given me nothing that Kevin McCarthy would not have given me. We are not better off as a party, and we wasted time, and we lost capital. Oh, we lost people. We lost Kevin McCarthy. Of course, you got rid of George Santos. So you didn't do anything. But it was the populist play. Got to get rid of McCarthy. What the hell is this? It was the wrong play. It was the wrong play. There was no timing to it. Big hot mess. You want, of course, the victory. And you want, maybe, uh, some people might call it the purity. Sure, I mean, if if that's the way somebody thinks, it's not the way I think. But I get that it might be the way somebody thinks. Okay. But I can't get the populist no I'm sorry the conservative in, in, in this area of St. Louis I can't get it in, in my beloved Indianapolis they elect Andre Carson Andre Carson is amongst the leaders in showing their disdain for Israel and, and their Jew hatred in my view and I'm not, I'm not alone in Indianapolis finally Jews are coming out of the, of the woodwork to discuss this I was just first I was alone In the so-called Jewish community of Indianapolis, you know I'm Jewish, alone in this conversation. Nobody was with me. Why in the world are you inviting Andre Carson to events? Why in the world are you sitting with him? Well, Tony, we have to have a seat at the table. What table are you talking about? That guy hates you. Look at what he does. He has a friendship and will not condemn Louis Farrakhan. He has a friendship with Louis Farrakhan, who refers to people like us as termites. What are you doing? I had been on this subject for years in Indianapolis. Finally, people who privately would agree are now publicly speaking out. Private agreement is is one of the most upsetting things in, in, in the world it's it's awful i don't want you to agree with me privately don't whisper to me that you love it although i get that some people they're in jobs they can't really speak out plenty of these people are in a position to speak out they just don't want to have to take the heat don't whisper to me that you like it don't do it start speaking because now when you when you whisper me now i charge No, no. don't whisper to me, make a donation to my new pack, where we're going to fight these people. I figure that way I can raise a whole bunch of money and we can actually get something done. But it's 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 so uh, uh, despicable that Indianapolis still votes for this guy. And I have been saying for a while, what if you voted for a different Democrat? Just so, somebody who just didn't think that that Lewis Farrakhan was a friend. Wouldn't we be just a little bit better off? And the answer is yes, we'd be a little bit better off. And if it could be done with Cory Bush in St. Louis, I think it could be done in Indianapolis. It could be done with Jamal Bowman in New York and with Representative Ocasio-Cortez in New York. Run Democrats against these progressive squad members. The only person you're not going to get is the ringleader, Rashida Tlaib. You'll get. Oh, I think you can get Ilhan Omar out. She almost lost her last race in the, in the primary. Oh my gosh! You just you you have to just keep running against her and make her life so difficult she actually goes back to living with her brother husband. Wait, no. Can I get a ruling on that? No. Yes. Is it? I thought it was the brother and it was a fake marriage. Is that not? All right, somebody get back to me on that and we'll get a, we'll get a ruling. Oh, no, no, no. She's with the homewrecker. She's, home she's with the guy who was with the chick and then left for her. Okay. But before that, she was with the brother who was the husband, or at least that's what we think. We're not. Ah, It's hard to keep up with the sagas, people. You might not be able to get Rashida Talib out in her area of Michigan. That's okay. Isolate the hell out of her. This is a good strategy. This strategy does not mean that they will vote these new people the way you want them to vote. It means it's a little bit better. And sometimes that's all you get. Sometimes that's all there is. And somehow we, we forget this. And this, if, if you ask, it, it maybe the key the real reason I, I'm not a populist is just that there is no basis for understanding that small victories are victories and they build upon themselves. Here's what I've learned from the left. Tell, tell me if this sounds um, familiar to you. The left tries to make a land grab. Massive, massive, massive land grab. They, they try and say, here's a policy and here's all the things we want to do. And then the political right says, stop that. And so it shrinks. And this little shrunken part, that's what they get. Now, sometimes they get a big land grab like Obamacare. Uh, and that's helped along by Supreme Court. Uh, but uh, they, they, they get this little land grab. That happens on a Tuesday, let's say. Tuesday, they get it done, they get it signed, and they say, good. Good, we got that land grab. Wednesday, they go back for all of it again. They do not rest, they do not stop, they do not quit, as uh, the great author Michael Walsh puts it, uh, against the great reset uh, is Michael Walsh, fiery angel, devil's pleasure palace, that's all Michael Walsh. They never stop, they never rest, they never quit. They don't stop, they don't rest, they don't quit. They, They wanted all this, they got a little bit of this, the next day they want it all again. I think that that's a fantastic theory. And I think that's one that Republicans need to be doing. Go for everything. Get the little bit. Next day, go for everything again. Do not stop. Do not rest. Do not quit. Do not stop. I this election season, a lot of be I mean, everybody's focused on the presidency. And I get the point. There's a lot of drama and madness within that. Senate and House, please. Governor's races, please. I want to control the Senate and the House. And every single week I want to be putting another piece of legislation out there. Now, usually I'm not a big legislation guy. Less is more. But the legislation could be to get rid of other legislation. The legislation could be to get rid of regulations and slashing these kinds of things to make life easier on Americans and get rid of the bureaucracy and get rid of the cumbersome paperwork and all these things that cost us money and time to things you do not want to waste. Every week, something new. Every week, something new. Every week a press conference, this is the most important subject we have ever come up with ever. And then the next week, this is the most important subject we've ever come up with ever, ever. And then the following week, this is the most important subject we've ever come up with ever. Every week, every week, every week, every week. you have to create something called an editorial calendar. Do it the way they do it. They have taught you. Now just go accept the learning. And part of that learning is little baby steps. A little bit here and a little bit there. Over time, you can quite literally move the center. Because that's what they did. Remember, there was a right and there was a left. And then the left kept moving further left. And you know what they did when they moved further left? They brought the center along with them. The center did not stay. The center moved. Because the left kept moving further left, so therefore de facto the center had to be recentered, and that recentering was always to the left. Little victories can bring that back. Little victories are good, and what a wonderful little victory it would be to get Cory Bush, that race baiter, out of Congress. I'm Tony Katz. Yeah, I got Yeah, I got Walt Austin, he is the Secretary of Defense. And he, I'm still playing my music. Sorry about that, guys. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Wait, is it still playing? Hold on. How do I get it to stop? Ah, there we go. That was super creepy. Lloyd Austin is uh, in a hospital. He's the secretary of defense. And at least this time, they figured out how to tell everybody.
0: Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has been hospitalized at Walter Reed for a bladder issue. At about 5 p.m. yesterday, he transferred the functions and duties of his office to his deputy secretary, Kathleen Hicks. The White House, Congress and the Joint Chiefs were notified of this issue.
1: Uh, at least they're getting that part better. They actually told people that, hey, he's going to be out for a while. Um, I'm going to get a little more into this uh, later. Uh, I certainly wish the man well, but this is a a a bladder emergency, which it can happen, and sounds awful. Are we sure we were given the story in full about his health? It was a cancer diagnosis and getting treatment, and then then he he very oddly said. Uh, I'm a black man, and so therefore I didn't share everything. I, I don't. I don't know if it's about sharing it with me, but you certainly have to tell the president of the United States where you are. Your staff didn't tell nobody. Did. I'm sorry. That's just, that's just nutty. You are. You're a. You're a. You served in the military. You know the rules. You were AWOL, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how that isn't met with a serious reprimand and punishment and removal. But this time you're able to tell everybody. So, okay, you learned that rule, which you already knew. My question is, while it's certainly possible that something could happen unrelated to the thing prior, or maybe because of the thing prior and just manifesting in a different way, the the cancer diagnosis, are we sure we're being told everything here? And, yes, I believe we absolutely have a right to know that. And I will get into that coming up. Also, there's one national anthem. And if people who don't like it need to cope, this is Tony Katz Today. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz Today. Lift every voice and sing Till earth and heaven ring Ring with the harmonies of liberty Those are the starting lyrics uh, from uh, James Weldon Johnson I believe I've got the author right Lift every voice and sing It was a poem written in 1900 And very often um, This is... uh, thought of as the Black National Anthem. And allow me to state for the record, there's no such thing. No such thing as a Black National Anthem or a White National Anthem. It's the United States of America, there's a National Anthem. As a matter of fact, if you believe in anything else, well, that's pretty strange. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. There are people desperate for you to believe something else. So much so that at the Super Bowl... Uh, the Chiefs won 25 22 in overtime. Great, wonderful, terrific. Is it over? Good. You saw this. This is uh, the uh, this, uh, Fox News ha- had the story, and it's how Steve uh, Cohen, who uh, we refer to here as KF Steve, Steve Cohen the guy who actually brought Kentucky Fried Chicken onto the floor of the house because, I don't know, Trump was a chicken or something like that. It was, it was pretty nonsense. He is upset with fans of the Super Bowl who did not stand for Lift Every Voice and Sing, which he referred to. And by the way, I am not afraid of words. I am quoting the congressman who put out on X, very, very few stood at the Super Bowl for Lift Every Voice and Sing, the Negro National Anthem, not a pretty picture of Super Bowl crowd. Okay. Let's take a moment to take a a step back and ask ourselves what we're looking at here. There are some who see the idea of Lift Every Voice and Sing as this idea of a black national anthem. And clearly, uh, Congressman Steve Cohen is one of, of those people. That somehow, in the NFL world of end racism, uh, and it takes all of us and all the other sloganeering uh, that, that, that they do, um, this is a very important uh, bit, uh, bit of messaging. It's very, very important that, that they engage this level of outreach. Um, I believe this to be uh, a wholly dangerous proposition, and I would say so about any song that isn't the national anthem being thought of as some group's national anthem. There's no such thing as a black national anthem. There is the national anthem. Because if there is indeed a black national anthem, you're saying there is a nation within a nation. No, there could be cultures within a nation. There could be uh, affiliations within a nation. But we are all Americans. It is one nation under God, indivisible. I don't know if I have to repeat the words to you, congressman, but I'm happy to do it. It is one nation. And the thing we should be striving for is to be Americans. Why are you, Congressman Steve Cohen, striving for segregation? Because it's exactly what you are striving for. It's like this, this, this post that I got, Jim Crow laws didn't allow black people to sing the national anthem with white people, uh, so uh, uh, they made their own. Lift every voice and sing is 121 years old. Cope, first of all. If 1900 and it's 2024, it's 124 years old, but I don't want to have to do math for you. Uh, secondly, if you want to argue that there were laws that prevented such a thing, those laws don't exist today. Your move. This goes to uh, Frederick Douglass, right? Uh, of what to the slave is the 4th of July? An extremely important speech, I believe, was delivered in Rochester, New York. Um, the Rochester Institute of Technology actually has statues dedicated to, to uh, uh, Frederick Douglass. It's super cool. Um, his argument was unbelievably sound. That if you're going to discuss the profundity of of uh, the the Constitution, the value of, of of the Constitution, the importance of the Constitution, and you are now going to celebrate the, the 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 foundation of a great nation, of a free nation, of one nation under God, well, these are all good things. And I, for one, want to cheer for those things because I want to cheer for a free nation. I want to cheer for a nation that lives under this Constitution that provides and ensures, I should say, and enables the rights uh, that exist to us by nature and nature's law. But Frederick Douglass's point was clear. How could the slave possibly cheer this? when it doesn't apply to them. Thus, of what to the slave is the 4th of July is unbelievably profound. It is not profound when it is shared like a half a roll of toilet paper underneath the stall at the local Arby's among social media pseudo-intellectual types who think that, aha, This is why the 4th of July doesn't matter. First of all, it's not 4th of July. It's Independence Day when we discuss it in the vernacular because that's what it's about. And secondly, the conversation that Frederick Douglass was having was about getting the nation to recognize that we're missing a moment. We actually believe in freedom, but we are not living up to it. What the hell, folks? As opposed to today, where there is no slavery. And there has not been in a century. Certainly, we have to be people who look at history. Certainly, we have to recognize the failings of the political left since that time and take a look at what it took uh, to bring us through the 60s of the 1960s and into today. Certainly, we should be people who are studied and steeped in history, including things like the Tulsa Race Massacre, which is barbaric. But one does not get to a more perfect union if one is proactive in supporting segregation. And that is happening all over the place from the political left. An active, proactive support of segregation. So much so that you now have members of Congress advocating for it. Referring to something as the national anthem for not all of America, but part of America. This is a Democratic congressman stating clearly that if you, are not, if you are black, somehow you're not actually part of the country. This is not somebody standing up for people. This is somebody stepping on their damn neck. Why in the world do we have to even think that that's not the case? We have to explain this to people? This has to get explained. All right. Uh, I, I I didn't I didn't know I'd have to uh, I- explain it. I, I I I had no idea that I'd have to explain it. He went on to say as people disagreed with uh, Congressman Cohen on social media. Well, I honor our national anthem and respect it as representing our country and, in our, and our pride in it. However, if you look at the history and some of the verbiage, it does relate to slavery and not in a questioning manner. Oh, we're getting into the... Th- Are we getting into the third verses of, of the, of the uh, Star Spangled Banner now? I, 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 I got to admit, I'm not prepared to bring that to you. Because I didn't realize how unbelievably... Daft congressman Cohen is, and this is you ask why I'm not a progressive. The answer is simple. look what it does to the brain. look how it destroys look how it ruins. look at how it it decimates. Never mind the mind but the soul. there is no way to be one nation if we think there are multiple national anthems. just can't be there's just no there's no practical way to make this happen and and let me state uh for the record i'll have this conversation anywhere invite me to a black church i'm going to have this exact conversation your church your synagogue your mosque your college campus your boardroom i'm gonna have this conversation the room is gonna be filled with all different types of people i'm gonna have this conversation without an ounce of fear why would i have any fear To think that we should be a nation of two national anthems is madness and a divided, segregated society. Why would we be in favor of this? Yet we see it all the time. Ah, black students should be with black teachers. Black patients should be with black doctors. You actually, concordance is how it it gets uh, discussed. You see this now all the time. You see, there need to be safe spaces where no one who looks a certain way is allowed. It, it, there the needs to be dorms that are only this and not that. I have no issue with groups and affinity groups. If there's a black college, I think that's fine. If there's a black uh, a fraternity, I think that's fine. If there is a black business owners guild, I think it's fine. I think you can have anything. Although I think someone who tried to create a white business owners guild might find themselves having an issue. Um, I I have no problem with it just in the same way. I had no problem with, uh, for example, uh, Jordan Peele. I've discussed this before. He wants to make movies that have all black casts because he's seen these movies with with white casts. He wants to see them with a black cast. Go make your movie. I don't tell people how to make movies. I don't tell them how to make movies. That's why I think when the Oscars say, "Well, in order to be nominated for Best Picture, you have to have someone like this and someone like that and someone like this and two of those and six of those and three of those," give me some of those naked lady tees, a couple of those uh, pens. It's it's Caddyshack. It's it's Rodney Dangerfield in the Pro Shop. It's not that's not the way you do things. It's not how you choose what's uh, the best movie of the year because it 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 picks and chooses. Based on some, you know, one from column A, two from column B, mathematics of whether or not you have the proper amount of diversity. That doesn't make any sense. That's valueless. It's, that is, again, this push towards a segregated society. Does the, the does, does the singing of the song matter? Well, I think it does. Nicole Hannah-Jones, who lied in creating the 1619 Project, the whole 1619 Project is a fraud, said um, uh, the Star-Spangled Banner quote, it was written by a racist enslaver who believed black people were inferior and fought abolitionists in uh, the the court, and she then wants you to know that the white national anthem is already played. So here is this bigot, Nicole Hannah-Jones, pushing this idea, which again, proves where I'm at because the society she wants is fully divided. Fully divided. Um, I don't think being fully divided is valuable and certainly we have a national anthem and it is for everyone. But let's talk about the people who now want to push this idea. They want the division. Can we ask what we get out of that? If you actually think there should be a black national anthem, what comes next? What is the win? What is the victory? What is the result? What is the goal? What do you achieve? Where does it take us? Where? What do we then aspire to? What do we then achieve? If this happens, the question for Nicole Hannah-Jones is what comes next? And you realize very quickly that, hey, there's never an answer to this, because the answer is not to get to what's next. It isn't to achieve up. It's to devolve down. If you were to actually do something this maddening and actually believe in something this maddening, you would be really codifying the idea of a divided America. And that's pushing the idea that we should divide, that we should split up, that we should splinter, that we should break, that we should not think of ourselves all as Americans, but rather as these groups. This is part of the hyphenization conversation. I'm Mexican American, I'm Italian American, I'm Greek American, I'm this American. No, you're not. You're American. That's the way it's supposed to work. And you might be saying, Tony, are you quoting Ralphie May? I would have said Ralphie May was was quoting me, rest his soul. But this is it. Hyphenization is destructive because it says there's a subset here and a subset here and a subset here and a subset here. You notice how all these things come together. No one ever talks about how these things come together. When we have the conversation, we're talking about the, we're actually talking about the inclusivity. Look at how non-inclusive Congressman Cohen is. Look at how non-inclusive Nicole Hannah-Jones is. And they're proud of it. And they think they're righteous. They cannot, cannot build a society. And that's when you learn they're actually not trying to build one. That's not their interest. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Right now, the Dow is up 222. NASDAQ is up 45. I saw that uh, uh, Bitcoin broke 50. And just a couple weeks ago, it was at 40. And no, I didn't buy any. Don't judge me. Don't. I'm I'm okay. I am okay not being involved in certain things. Maybe, Maybe I should be. Maybe, you know, if I was a smart guy... It's it's fine. It's good. Tony Katz. Tony Katz uh, today. This is the story I love. This one makes me so happy. Jeff Bezos is going to save $600 million by moving to Miami. Because you have in Washington State. A 7% capital gains tax on the sale of stock or bonds more than two hundred and fifty thousand. So he's gonna unload fifty million shares. That's how it's reported by CNBC. And it's best he's it's the picture of him walking with his. Is it the wife or is it the girlfriend, Lauren Sanchez? Can I say like like so she works out a lot? And she isn't afraid to show off the body. And that's exactly why Bezos is doing it. And this guy went from the nerdy guy with his wife building this company to he's buff. You know, I, I'm assuming there's nine million blood transfusions going on. I have no idea how the guy does what he does. But I don't know. Like, like sometimes I look at a picture of her and I'm like her face is very um, strong. I, don't know. I, just don't know. I just don't think it's for me. It's not a look I would go for. But to each their own. Uh, he is going to unload 50 million shares of Amazon before January 31st, 2025. And now that he lives in Florida, it's going to save him approximately, or at least they say, $610 million. $610 million. Does anybody think that the state of Florida would be better off with that money instead of Jeff Bezos? Washington state would be better off with that money than Jeff Bezos? How? How would anybody think that acceptable, possible, doable? This is a great conversation regarding taxation and the violence that it, that it is. Well, wait. Taxation is theft. So how could it how could it not be violent? De facto, if it's theft, it has to be violent. So the question is, why would anybody think that um, that the state is better off, or we're all better off that the state has the money and not uh, Jeff Bezos? I want Jeff Bezos to do with that money whatever it is he damn well chooses. If 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 it's Uh, investing, if it's buying a new boat, if it's charity work, if it's plastic surgery for somebody he knows, whatever it is, I think that that's what? I think that's exactly where he should put his money. And he knows better than the state of Washington and the state of Florida. Good on, on him. Jill Biden wants you to know that it's just wrong that you question her husband's mental acuity. No, it's not. It's the most rational thing you could possibly do. And Hillary Clinton wants you to know that that Joe Biden's age, well that's a that's a serious issue. It's a serious issue and one that we should discuss. We should discuss Joe Biden's age a lot. This is Tony Katz today. I
2: want to feel just too little, just a little.
4: Wages are rising. Inflation is down. In fact, the costs have fallen from, every, from a gallon of gas to a gallon of milk. We know prices are still too high because of what I call
1: greedflation and shrinkflation. That's Joe Biden. He wants you to know the prices are too high, and he wants you to know it's because of those terrible companies. Did you see him, that, that video before the Super Bowl? Disgusting. He doesn't do the interview at the Super Bowl, which is free advertising, and he desperately needs it for a presidential race because he's not up to an interview. He's not up to it. He can barely just read off the teleprompter, but he can sit there and tell you that companies are greedy and evil. I don't believe in greed, but evil and terrible because they're putting less ice cream in a container and charging you the same amount. How about economic reality? Nobody likes shrinkflation. We're all opposed to it. You don't take a look at your own economic policies and what that may have contributed to it? They're just greedy? Well, how much do they owe you? Why does ice cream come in a half gallon? Shouldn't it come in a 27-gallon tub but be the same exact price as the half gallon? I mean, if not, well, then we just have to nationalize these companies literally how he's talking it's so gross it is so he hates entrepreneurs not because i said so but because he said so tony katz tony katz today what's going on oh he wasn't done
4: american infrastructure plan used to you know we used to be the best in the world in infrastructure literally we were ranked number, ranked number one in the world
1: do i know what he, he said you know the american infrastructure plan used to you know we used to like he wanted to say something but he didn't he didn't quite remember what it is he was going to say he just didn't wasn't didn't remember how that was going to to go uh, uh about which is funny because as we've all said Uh, It's clear that Joe Biden is not all there, not okay, doesn't have his mind. Uh, He has a very, very bad memory. It's clear that uh, he's got problems. Funny, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas doesn't think so. The most difficult part about a meeting with President Biden is preparing for it because he is sharp, intensely probing,
2: and detail-oriented and focused.
1: That is the Secretary of Homeland Security campaigning for his boss. I mean, that's 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 what it is. Isn't that right, Senator Coons? The White House, Jonathan, I
5: I don't know what the White House will or won't disclose. But here's what I know of the president I work with and alongside whom I serve. When I came back from the Middle East with a bipartisan group of 10 senators, we went to Egypt, Saudi Arabia and Israel. I thought the president might have us over to the White House for 15, 20 minutes. He had us in at seven o'clock at night. We sat down with his national security team. And for two and a half hours, he went around the table and asked for our insights and our input. And then he led a masterful conversation about the challenges to our security, the pathway to peace, the difficulties with Iran and with its proxies. And as we walked out two and a half hours later from the White House, I turned to one of my Republican colleagues who is not. Publicly a big fan of the president. And I said, What did you think? And he said, That's incredible. This is a man who is sharp, who is on top of his game, who knows what's going on in the Middle East
1: and around the world. No one believes you, Senator Coons. No one. And in all of these conversations regarding Biden's mind, you get what Mitch Landrew, who uh he's former he's the former governor of of Louisiana. Or is he the former mayor of, of New Orleans? I always forget. I always forget. Is he the former governor uh, or is he the former mayor of just New Orleans? Uh, mayor, mayor of New Orleans. He was lieutenant governor of, of, of Louisiana. Okay. So I do have that right. He was the lieutenant governor and he was the mayor. There it is. You see, that isn't a conversation of age. That's a conversation of, I don't study Louisiana politics that much. I know the name, and I know he served one of those capacities. That's different than Joe Biden saying, I'm talking to a dead guy, Francois Mitterrand, the former president of France who died in 1996. But all of these guys, when confronted with the reality that Joe Biden isn't okay, all have one defense but Trump
2: well, let's just say two things. This this election is going to be about two men, but really two different visions for the country. President Trump, just the other night, uh, confused what day of the week it was. He has confused who the leader of North Korea and China are. He's confused the leaders of Hungary and Turkey. By the way, Speaker Mike Johnson was on the other day, and he confused Iraq and Iran. Um, and, of course, President Trump doesn't know the difference between Nancy Pelosi and Nikki Haley. And, oh, by the way, last night President Trump saw fit to basically dump on Nikki Haley's husband who is serving in the military right now because he has
1: never mind that part of it which you've already heard I'm not happy with all of the things that Mitch Landrieu just stated are reasons not to vote for Donald Trump but if those are reasons not to vote for Donald Trump then it's certainly a reason to get Joe Biden away from the button you can't let him be in charge he's not cogent it's not safe you weirdos Why are you acting like it is? It's not safe. But they cannot go a a, a moment without saying, but Trump. But Trump is a ridiculous statement, one of, of weakness and truly a pathetic nature. But Trump says, I'm unwilling to debate, but rather my feelings must be expressed. Your feelings, not you, I shouldn't say you, their feelings are crap. Your feelings are ridiculous. Your feelings show you to be a beta male. Your feelings show that I can only hope you don't procreate. Because holy hell, are you going to raise some terrible kids? And it's not their fault that they're never going to know of having a mind and a soul and thinking of things logically. Instead, they've got this hyper-emotional freak as a parent who can't get over the fact that their loving candidate is simply incapable of doing the job. So instead of dealing with that reality, they scream... But Trump Pathetic stuff Jill Biden Has added to this Jill Biden is angry Because Of what it is The special counsel did Trying to Earn a political points Talking about the death Of her son Beau Biden That is Not what happened That is not what happened. The first lady lashing out because the special counsel, Robert Hur, H-U-R is the last name, said that Joe Biden is is an old man, poor memory, nice guy, but couldn't remember when he was vice president and could not remember within years the death of when his son, Bo Biden, uh, died. And Joe Biden states, I hope you can imagine how it felt to read that attack. Not just as Joe's wife, but as Bo's mother. Uh, she wrote this in an email to uh, donors. I don't know what the special counsel was trying to achieve. We should give everyone grace. And I can't imagine someone would try to use our son's death to score political points. No, 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 no. You, you have it all, all wrong. No one's trying to score political points. It's that he, your, your husband didn't remember. Because your husband has memory issues. Because your husband isn't okay. Because your husband can't be president. And I don't really care if you're bothered by it. You are under the impression, Joe Biden, and this is going to seem personal and, and, and it is, you're under the impression that A man noticing that another man cannot remember when his son died might be a problem. You think that that's insulting. I think it's insulting that you think that your husband, who is mentally incapable, could put my kids at risk. The memory of your son is sacrosanct. How dare anybody even mention him? But your husband putting my children at risk because he's incapacitated. That's fine. Dr. Jill Biden, who the hell are you? Are you out of your head? Why would you think this way? You know, I, by the way, I, sh- I, I feel bad about that one. I shouldn't say who the hell are you. That's amongst the cheapest stuff. I'm better than that. I got a million quips, darling. I could do better than that. Why do you think that your son's memory is more important than my kid's existence? That's a heavy, heavy question. And yet I'm asking it. And I am probably the first. I get used to that. Why is that that, that your son's memory is more important than my child's existence? And, and we can say this not just about my children. You can say this about every kid in America. Because none of these kids are safe while your husband has access to the button. While your husband can make deals that enslave and destroy. Your husband talks to dead people. Your husband cannot complete a sentence. Your husband does not know where he is. So, how come that's okay and my kids should grow up in that fear factory? But we can't notice if your husband forgot when his own son died. I didn't say he forgot his son. I didn't say he doesn't love his son or miss his son. I believe all these things to be true. He loves and misses his son. But he forgot. It's not scoring political points. It's a recognition of why he didn't put, why Robert Hur did not put Joe Biden on the stand. Which, by the way, he willfully took classified documents. And that alone is impeachable. No? It's kind of, uh, it, 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 it's, it, it is, of course, obscene, but it's kind of odd to, to see people screaming about this thing and then not recognizing that um, Joe Biden has no privilege. Dr. Joe Biden, <laughs> maybe she got a little bit of privilege, but not in this. Not in this. Other people's children should be in danger, uh, but somehow your child can't be discussed in terms of your husband's memory. That's, me think thou doth protest too much. Which brings us to Hillary Clinton, who has decided that Joe Biden's age is indeed an issue that should be discussed. Okay, people, move along. There's nothing to see here. Well... That's something. Does Hillary Clinton actually think she can get the nomination? Hillary Clinton is not so crazy as to think the Democratic Party is coming back her way. I mean, I just can't. There's no way she thinks this. That the the Democratic Party is going to be so desperate. They're going to go back to her. There's nobody else. I'd be inclined to think that the Democratic Party would rather have Kamala Harris than Hillary Clinton. But, you know, what are the odds of that? I rest my case. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. There was a shooting that took place. The shooting took place at Joel Osteen's church in Texas. Now, my expertise regarding Joel Osteen is zero. Just I think he's an odd dude, but hey, you might like him. Who am I to say that? I've never met him. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? The story is, and here's how CNN reported it. A woman who walked into a popular Texas megachurch Sunday afternoon with a long gun and young child opened fire before she was killed by law enforcement officers on the scene. Left the child in critical condition and another man injured. This was Lakewood Church, six miles from downtown Houston. That's how the story gets reported. Why did she have the gun? Why was she going in? What Whose baby? All these things. And then you hear that it is not as it seems that the shooter, as described now, was a migrant from El Salvador, a criminal history dating back to 2005, and a woman who thought they were a man. The shooter being transgender, this according to the Libs of TikTok account. And also, I believe Fox News has the story. Previously went by the name of Jeffrey. So the question is, how quickly does this story disappear? It is also being reported, and of course, this reporting can change, um, that this person was a supporter of Bernie Sanders and had on her gun, because it was actually a woman, claimed to be a man, a sticker that read Free Palestine. Now, I am willing to state that all of this, all of this could change and all of this could be real. When reports like this come out, I, I, I sometimes I don't even mention them. I wait to get the data. Sometimes I say, guys, especially, for example, when there's some horrible shooting numbers change they fluctuate they go up they go down they get revised all the time and so sometimes what gets said at the first does not necessarily refer to uh, or or mean that that's going to be the way it is you know who never revises their numbers hamas hamas has got a perfect count of all the women and children israel's killed like you trust a terrorist organization, but never once do they revise their numbers down. Oh, we miscalculated here. They're always perfect. No running water, but they always have perfect numbers. We're going to keep up with this, and now we're going to ask ourselves the question. This is all the case as we're now getting the news stories Fox News has and others. How quickly will this story disappear? How quickly will the news not talk about somebody who has a mental disorder engaged in a shooting? We're find out soon enough. This is Tony Katz Today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz Today.
3: They're certainly scratching their head. They're fighting and dying for their freedom and their democracy. Uh, but let's be clear here. When we say this is aid, this is not charity. We're not giving this as a charitable contribution to Ukraine. We're doing this because this is in America's national security interest. You know, to have a stable and prosperous Europe. Europe is our single largest economic trading partner. Uh, We have 100,000 troops in Europe. Europe is our largest security partner. And for less than 5% of our annual defense budget, we are securing Europe. We are protecting our troops. Ukraine is doing the fighting. They have destroyed over half of Russia's military. And oh, by the way, over half of this money actually goes directly to American workers and American businesses uh, who are building the weapons and equipment that we're sending to Ukraine. So this is actually a really good deal. Uh, and, you know, the rest of the world and certainly a lot of Americans know this is a good deal. That's why we have to get it over the finish line.
1: This is a very odd conversation from Congressman Jason Groh, a Democrat of Colorado, because he is making an argument about why it is in America's best interest to support Ukraine in their fight against Russia. And I've made this argument. Of course it's in America's best interest. Of course Russia should be held at bay. Of course you don't want Russia on NATO's doorstep in Poland. You don't want these things, let me say for the record. If you don't think that Russia is an expansionist power with expansionist ideals, I don't think you understand Vladimir Putin and how much this former KGB agent, never former I should say, takes it personally that the Soviet Union fell. I'm sorry. I think Tucker's completely wrong. If he thinks that Russia is not an expansionist power, that's that's just not in any way, I, as far as I'm concerned, I, that doesn't comport with the reality. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I'm glad he did the interview. We, now we can discuss the policy. We can have agreements and disagreements about the policy. The issue with with Congressman Crow here is that he called it a good deal for America. That's awkward. Maybe may, maybe you missed this part of it again. Let me let me play. Money actually
3: goes directly to American workers and American businesses uh, who are building the weapons and equipment that we're sending to Ukraine. So this is actually a really good deal. Uh, and you know the rest of the
1: world. And that is a really ugly thing to say. This is a conversation about honesty, making sure that we have clarity, not necessarily one of agreement. We can disagree about something, but we at least have to be discussing what it is that we're talking about. Supporting Ukraine against Russia is not about thinking Ukraine is great. I don't think Vladimir Zelensky is great. I don't think the nation of Ukraine is great. I haven't thought about Ukraine until the last, you know, basically eight years. Ukraine has never come up. In my head, I didn't realize how many people who were members of Congress themselves or at family members making money off of these countries like Ukraine. Holy cow! I missed out on a lot of loot. That's honesty. Trump making a phone call, not an impeachable offense. Joe Biden, absolutely, positively, without question, trying to influence things for his kid and four dollars. I think that happened, and I think this proves it.
4: Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from Yatsenyuk, uh, that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No," nah, I said, "I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said, call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, "You're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here." And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, "I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money." Well, oh, son of a bitch got fired and they put in place someone who was solid
1: sure sure i think that that audio needs to get played all the time maybe daily as a reminder of what actually took place in ukraine and who actually was involved in some very very dirty activities i have no illusions about ukraine at all I simply believe that it is better off that Russia is not allowed to advance because I have no belief that Russia plans on stopping. That's not who Putin is. He is a murderer, he is a thug, and he is a liar. These are the realities. You don't like the term thug? Pick another term. Go right ahead. Still factual. But it's good for us because we get to sell them the weapons? That's what Congressman Crowe just said there.
3: Oh, by the way, over half of this money actually goes directly to American workers and American businesses uh, who are building the weapons and equipment that we're sending to Ukraine. So this is actually a really good deal.
1: It's a good deal that we send these weapons because our people are getting paid. The spending is not a good deal. We don't know necessarily where the money has gone. No one can keep track of anything. To say that it's a good deal is just is, is to miss the forest for the trees. As, as we often discuss, the left always overplays their hand. And they did it again on MSNBC, Morning Joe, which used to be the intellectual show. By the way, I had people last week uh, commenting about Noah Rothman um, uh, being uh, very, very uh, respectful because I was not of Morning Joe because Noah used to be on, on that show before they went nuts. Noah used to be on, the, on on that show as a as a contributor. And now they have Molly Jong Fast to uh, that's her name. Molly Jong Fast, J-O-N-G-F-A-S-T. That's her last name. And uh, oh, a progressive's progressive. And if, if you don't want Noah and you want her, well, you're you're telling us something. And so he was at least, you know, um uh respectful of 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 Joe and Mika. And some people are like, is he crazy? Dude, he's a decent cat. He's just a decent person. Leave him be. Uh, But this was uh, Morning Joe. Molly Jong-Fast talking about Robert Hur, the special counsel, who looked into Joe Biden and the classified documents, where he was holding the classified documents, willfully had the classified documents, and said, I'm not going to charge him because he's an an elderly man with a poor memory. He couldn't remember this. He doesn't remember when he was vice president. He... he, uh, he he could not remember within years when his, his son Bo died. Oh, and Joe Biden's all upset about it. I'm not I, I already discussed that. I'm not gonna listen to her uh even pretend to hold some level of righteousness on this subject. I want you to hear what Molly Junkfast had to say.
0: Um so I think that's a really interesting point that I hadn't heard, and I do agree that It is important to, like, norms are important, right? The reason we're so far along here is because norms have not been followed. I would say I don't think that her is a good faith actor, and I think that 345 pages of that show that. I mean, he's not a neurologist, right? If you want to weigh in on legal things, that's fine. But, you know... The idea, and again, to fault someone for saying they don't remember during a deposition, when we've seen people like Dr. Anthony Fauci say that hundreds of times during a deposition, that's what you're supposed to say if you don't remember, because you don't want to be wrong.
1: Let's be clear about something here. This is not an argument. This is a defense for your political ambitions. You do not have to be a neurologist to notice that grandpa isn't okay. Noticing that grandpa's not okay is why you take him to a neurologist. What a ridiculous garbage commentary from Molly Jong Fast. This is pseudo-intellectualism, except it's worse. This is clear pravda. This is clear narrative seeking. None of this makes sense. Shame on Robert Hur, last name H-U-R, Hur, the special counsel for noticing that Joe Biden was slow and didn't remember things. You don't have to be a neurologist to notice that stuff. People notice those things. They notice when grandpa has slipped, when he's missing a step. They notice when grandma can't figure out how to make the recipe for the cookies she's always made for five decades. They notice and they say, hey. Maybe we should get this checked out. How dare you notice? Didn't they do this to uh a, a another reporter? Um, was it was it, I want to say it was Sasha Burns. Wasn't she the one Dasha, Dasha Burns. And wasn't she the one well, she's the one who lately has been super argumentative and has got the slick back hair? It's been interesting. Um is that is she the one who said that Biden had been slowing down and um and had gotten uh, attacked for it? Oh, she's the one who said about uh John Fetterman that he couldn't respond to questions and the left went crazy. The left went on a full attack uh about her. How dare you say this? But he couldn't answer the questions. He's better now. He's much better now, but then, then he wasn't. He could not answer the questions. He had no idea where he was. I mean, this, this is, uh, I actually have it. This, this was that clip. We did find that in
0: small talk before the interview without captioning, it seemed it was difficult for Fetterman to understand our conversation.
1: You don't need to be a neurologist to say that. You just need to be normal. You need to be able to take a look at something and say that's off, that's not right. What the left is asking you to do in this situation is to is to not is, is to go against your ability to recognize. This is Malcolm Gladwell's Blink. So the the book uh Blink, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, uh he wrote The Tipping Point. So Blink is uh, I I always describe it this way yeah uh, the the book is blink the power of thinking without thinking so it goes to this idea that sometimes you know something and you don't know why um you 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 are are related to something or or you or you connect with something or don't connect with something and you don't know why and i think i think it's the beginning of the book um blink is is about you know you you see a uh, an artist or, or an art critic sees a piece of artwork and it's a famous piece of artwork but there's something off about it there's something wrong with it then they, they don't know what it is but they know something isn't right and then you know the art turns out to be a a a a, a, a fake how how does the brain uh, recognize something or how do you notice something is an issue and then what do you do about it I hope that's a good way of describing what it is that that that's going on there. Some of the some of the theory there, but the 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 point I make from this is, you know when something isn't right. You have instincts. You have a gut. You have a, you have a mind. You're you're able to say to yourself, "Wait a second, something is very very off here. There's a problem here. There's an issue." Do you really think? You have to spend much time listening to Joe Biden to realize, ooh, that guy is old. Ooh, that guy is frail. Ooh, that guy doesn't speak well. Ooh, that guy doesn't make any sense. Ooh, that guy jumbles his words. Ooh, that guy is talking to dead people. I am not a neurologist, but I know that Joe Biden has claimed to have had conversations With people who are dead, like Francois Mitterrand, the former president of France. You're asking me not to notice? You're asking me not to pay attention? You know, it's one thing if you say to me, okay, well, this is just a gaffe.
4: When I said, when I we pushed all these programs, I said, I'm going to be a president for everybody whether you live in a
1: red state or a green state. It's red state or blue state. And you could say, well, that's just a gap. It's no big deal. Except he does a lot of these. It's every day with him. Every single day. And then he follows it up by saying he talks to dead people you know right 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 after
4: i was elected i went to what they call a g7 meeting all the nato leaders i was in it was in the south of england and i sat down and i said america's back and Mitterrand from germany i mean from france looked at me and said uh, said you know what why,
1: how, how long are you back for? Seems I'm the only person who focuses on the fact that it was an absolutely terrible joke. But the bigger story here is that Mitterrand died in 1996. He corrects himself between Germany and France. doesn't correct himself that he didn't speak to a dead person while he was president because he didn't unless he thinks he did, in which case I'm allowed to say that guy's not all right, and I don't have to be a neurologist to do it. I don't have to be a neurologist. This is the standard they throw up, but that standard is bunk. What they decide is, well, this is unacceptable or that's unacceptable. None of that is true. We should favor funding Ukraine because it's good for us because we get to make the guns? That's a weird thing to say. That is a weird argument, and you're allowed to notice that that argument is a bad one, and it's bad faith, and it's indecent. And the argument that Molly Jong Fast is making on on MSNBC with Morning Joe is an indecent argument. He's not a neurologist. No, he's not. He's just sharing with us what it is he observed. And it's what you've observed. Oh, he also observed that Joe Biden willfully had classified documents, willfully took them. Uh, And and for that, I, I think there's enough there to go after the man, by the way. You don't need to be a neurologist. You just have to have a mind. And if Democrats had one, they'd be working on how they get rid of him. For the good of the country, Joe Biden has to go. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today.
0: Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin has been hospitalized at Walter Reed for a bladder issue. At about 5 p.m. yesterday, he transferred the functions and duties of his office to his deputy secretary, Kathleen Hicks. The White House, Congress and the Joint Chiefs were notified of this issue.
1: Well, at least they figured out how to tell everybody now. And certainly I wish Lloyd Austin well, but it leads one to ask exactly what is wrong with him, the Secretary of Defense, and Were we told everything when it happened? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Would love it if you were supportive over there. Became a supporter. I'd greatly appreciate it. Lloyd Austin is not well. Uh, The uh, Prostate cancer, wasn't it that it? Wasn't it prostate cancer that he was in the hospital for in December and January and nobody got told and his his number two wasn't aware that he was in the hospital and Biden wasn't informed, by the way, still gets to keep his job. And then uh, he he comes to the podium afterwards to apologize for not letting anybody know, because after all, he's a black man and he keeps these things private. I, I don't know what to do with that except to say that's gross. You might want to argue some level of culturalness to expressiveness. Certainly, that would be a sociological conversation, wouldn't it? I think that's the the proper terminology. You are a military man. There's a chain of command, and you were AWOL. I don't want to discuss anything else. Those are the facts as presented. Oh, well, we didn't have the system in place. What system? Your team makes a phone call. You get rushed to the hospital. The team makes a phone call. You don't have that system in place? Can I ask what systems you do have in place? Because if you don't have that one, it seems to me I would have issue with your other ones and whether or not they really work. So now they figured out how to inform everybody. But I'm asking a different question. An emergent bladder issue doesn't sound fun. It does not sound fun at all. The question is, what exactly is going on? And were we told everything about his health last month? You say to me, Tony, it's his health. You don't necessarily have a right to know. It's the Secretary of Defense. I think we do. Uh, if you tell me that when it comes to Jim Irsay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, maybe I don't have a right to know everything. Okay. Even though he's a, a, a big public name, you might have a point there. The Secretary of Defense? Well, I don't know if you have a point there. I think we should know. And now I have to question whether or not we were told everything. I hope the man's okay, but I would like to know if, if there's anything being withheld from us about the Secretary of Defense. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. proper way to describe it is as a three-day infomercial that's what the nba all-star game is three days of focusing on indianapolis therefore focusing on indiana therefore an opportunity to reach people who don't think about the state who don't consider it oh i need some place to go i guess i gotta move to texas why why well it's warmer yeah it's also way more humid more humid than indiana you better believe it The idea that somehow people want to say, well, it makes sense because Indiana just isn't. (laughs) Oh, kitten, don't play that game with me. Indiana should be constantly putting its best foot forward, and this is a way to do it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. The NBA All-Star Game, regardless of whether you watch the game or not, regardless of anything else, great way for Indianapolis and Indiana, all of Indiana, to benefit. Gary Dick joins me from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIB, at Gary Dick, uh, G-E-R-R-Y. I keep saying Twitter. On X, at Gary Dick, if you want to reach him. Personally, let's talk about the money. Let's talk about the economic impact of the All-Star Game. What is it?
6: $320 million is the the estimated economic impact of the All-Star Game. And you mentioned the delay. Uh, Folks may remember, it was 2017 when... uh, Indianapolis, once again, doing what it does best and creating unique uh, experiences. Larry Bird drove an Indy car through the streets of Manhattan to deliver the bid for the NBA All-Star Game to the NBA headquarters. That was for the 2021 game. Of course, the pandemic meant that was uh, uh, delayed uh, until now. And after all these years, it's finally here.
1: But what it means for the city is not just, hey, the bars are going to be full for a couple of nights. The restaurants are going to be f- full for uh, a couple of nights. I, I assume this host committee and, and, and those people who really do create the growth see this as exactly as I described it. This is an infomercial for Indiana and gets people to yep. recognize that we're here.
6: Yeah, and, and that's you know I think that's a good way to describe it. Tony, an infomercial, because this uh, is uh, really putting the Indianapolis and the Indiana message out on the global stage. Uh, TNT has the broadcast rights for the game in the United States. But the the broadcast is going to more than 200 uh, countries, 200 countries and territories, 50 languages, They'll see Indianapolis uh, all spruced up and and ready to go this weekend. So it's a great opportunity there. The other piece, and I mentioned Indiana, the Indiana Economic Development Corporation uh, is taking note of the fact that there are some 50 major corporations, uh, AT&T, Nike, Google, uh, who will all be here uh, in town, as well as site selection consultants, those people who go around the country for on behalf of companies, and organizations looking for property, looking for places to invest. So this is an opportunity for the IEDC to get in the game and, and, and entertain and uh, expose some of these people who perhaps have never been here before uh, to what Indianapolis and Indiana are all about.
1: Talking to Gary Dick from inside Indi- InsideIndianaBusiness.com on the X at IIB. Uh, there are some other stories uh, going on, and certainly... Uh, this this is is one of the big ones. I think that within this story about the All Star Game is that this was originally scheduled for 2021. I am actually wearing. Mm-hmm. I had gotten access to one of the zip ups they had. It was. uh It says All NBA All Star 2021 Indianapolis. Like I've got one of those, I'm wearing it uh, <laughs> as as we speak. I was a little chilly, people. That's right, a little chilly in the downstairs studio. And people forget that this was when the all-star game was supposed to happen, but in the three years that have taken place because it got canceled because of COVID, what ends up happening is that Indianapolis gets a much better bite of, of of the apple. They have a much better showing going on. Uh, Describe the differences between 2021 and today. Well, they're stark
6: and, and I think uh, it's appropriate to bring it up because, uh, you know, you flashback, Uh, To that period of time, it was very challenging for Indianapolis, in particular downtown Indianapolis, and communities around the the country as well. Uh, Today, a much different story, and I think part of the story... Tony, that will be told this week, as well as folks go out and speak with corporations and other types of folks trying to drum up business, is the billions of dollars in projects that are now underway in downtown Indy, including the 300-plus million dollar makeover of Gainbridge Fieldhouse, which is going to be on full display. Uh, what's planned for Circle Center, the Indy Eleven. Uh, stadium and that development, uh, Elanco, uh, multi-billion dollars of investment happening in downtown Indy. So a lot will be going on. I'm actually on my way to Gainbridge now, I'm going to be speaking with uh, Pacers co-owner Steve Simon, uh, uh, who uh, uh, has some definite thoughts about where the franchise is, where he wants it to go as well. Uh, looking forward, that will be on the show this week. And part of that uh, picture that I know the Pacers are very uh, intentional about is engaging, helping you engage downtown Indianapolis, investment projects, and those types of things.
1: It's so amazing that this delay really did benefit uh, Indiana as a whole because it, you, know, you, you got to finish up the construction that was going on at Cambridge, as they were remodeling the whole place, and then you got the whole uh, U- bicentennial Unity Plaza out there. I was I was actually walking by it the other day. It's nice. It is. It is nice. Uh, it, it, there's there's no way a- around that, and it really does recreate a, a center of down of of downtown for those people who who live in in that area. But really, it's about what this game does to put Indiana on uh, the map. Danny Lopez is the Vice President of External Relations and Corporate Communications over at Pacer Sports and Entertainment. We were talking about the event itself. We were talking about who's coming, the artists that are coming, and exactly how nuts this thing has become.
7: Yeah, and this is obviously a big question. I know it's on a lot of people's minds. People want to know when they come downtown, you know, one, how are they going to? Stay safe. How are we keeping people safe? Uh, and then also, just generally, when you've got 125,000 people that are coming into an area like this, um, how do you get around? How, how is it easy? I mean, the, the beauty of a place like Indianapolis doing these events, it's one of the reasons we're so good at these events, is that we have an actual campus. Everything's so connected to so many of the, you know, if you've got 8,500 hotel rooms or so in the area, more than half of them are connected by a pedestrian walkway that's covered, so it's easy to get around. You can get to the venues pretty easily we've been working with the NBA. Uh, We've been working with IMPD. We've been working with state police and IDHS on a security plan. Again, for the last seven years, we've been at this. Remember Tony, that we started this all the way back in 2017. So we've been having these conversations on how to keep people safe uh, in this kind of environment for a long time. The NBA does this better than anybody. And so it's going to be, it's going to be a good environment. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, And and then do check out, you know, and and the other place you can go is pacers.com slash all-star info. There's really uh, good interactive maps on there so you can see what the traffic patterns are going to be like. And we've also designed two, uh, two routes, a blue route and a gold route that folks can follow to get around the downtown so they can work around their, the street closures. What I tell everybody is, look, the closer you get to the venues, obviously the more congested it's going to be and the more traffic there will be, and some of the streets will be closed. For Friday and Saturday that are Lucas Oil, most of the events are at Lucas Oil. It's expect something like a Colts game. It'll it'll feel like a Colts game in that area. The rest of the time, it, it won't be onerous, but, you know, there'll be some streets closed, so just make sure you get on there before you come downtown, check it out, know where you're going, and have an idea of where you want to park.
1: Talking to Danny Lopez, Vice President of External Relations and Corporate Communications for Pacer Sports and Entertainment, the Indiana Pacers. Uh, as as this weekend comes up and you've got the events uh, going on around town, um, were were artists picked based on uh, we think that this is encompassing the entirety of the of the fan base, or were artists picked on based who on whoever said
7: yes? Oh, so I mean the NBA that that NBA handles that, not us. First of all, so I don't I want to be careful. I don't want to speak for them, but I, I mean I know that they do look at um, a mix. Last year was the same. All, all the ones that we've been to the you know the all sorts that we've been to as we've been planning this process have been the same. They really try to uh, be inclusive in the way that they choose these acts to make sure that there's somebody, something for everybody uh, when they're coming downtown, Tony. So, I mean, you're going to see a, a pretty healthy mix of, of different genres of music. And by the way, even what we control, like the DJs that we've contracted with to have downtown, even with that, we've ensured that we've got a pretty healthy mix of music genres so that when people are downtown, like they own the experience and, and that it's you know, custom made for them.
1: Now let's talk about the big stuff, which is tickets. Um, What's sold out? What is not? And how would people, if there is something available, get them?
7: Yeah, so pretty much everything that we've put on sale for the major events um, have have been sold out. Um, you know, it, these things go super quickly. Obviously, even even stuff that isn't aren't basketball events uh, has had sold out, like the opening tip. Although. The, what, the one thing that there's tickets for that I would encourage people to do because it's just an awesome experience is the NBA crossover. So crossover is, you know, the NBA's version of convention center. Tony, this is the largest uh, NBA crossover the league has ever done. So it's a massive footprint uh, in the convention center. And you go in, it's, there's, you know, we're going to have legends in there signing autographs. There's interactive exhibits. Um, there's things for kids. There's hoops that kids can shoot on. Uh, there's music in there there's all kinds of kind of like neat art things that are going on so it's a really cool experience you can go on uh nba all-star 2024.com there's tickets on there they're reasonably priced for families i think it's 35 dollars for adults and 20 dollars for kids and you can come down there and, and spend a ton of time in there which is a really uh a really fun and popular event now the other you thing cut out, you,
1: well, hold on i'm going to interrupt you because you cut out on me for just a second describe it again what is the nba
7: crossover so the NBA crossover is the NBA's version of FanFest, essentially. So think think music and fashion and hoops that kids can shoot on and interactive exhibits, um, all kinds of those, those, you know, legends and alums that are coming in to sign autographs, uh, all kinds of those types of interactive exhibits. This is, like I said, this is the, the, the largest one that the NBA has ever done at an all-star like this. So it's a, it's a really big footprint at the convention center, and it's going to be a really good time. And the tickets, are, there's obviously still tickets that people can purchase. They're reasonably priced um, at $35 for adults and $20 for kids. So that's a good time. I mean, when I, if I bring my kids downtown for the weekend, that's what I'm looking, looking at first. I want to make sure I check that out uh, because that's going to be a lot of fun. So, and again, there might be – you might see tickets to HBCU. You might see tickets to some of the different events. Get on uh, NBAAllStar2024.com because those things are updating constantly.
1: I don't think at this stage of the game you can find uh, tickets. Danny Lopez of Pacers Sports and Entertainment. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I I, I I don't. I don't think you can find anything. But if you can, uh, God bless. If you can afford it, we should be friends. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I, I had some friends reach out and like, hey, uh, you're in India. You're you're a celebrity. Can you get some All Star tickets? And I said. I don't think you understand what celebrity means cuz no I'm not and no I can't. No I am not and no no one is just getting the tickets. No one it's just it's just not happening that way. Eh, everybody is spending. The NBA is getting paid, kitten, and getting paid huge. Oh. uh, uh the, the most important thing about this this weekend is uh, a, a conversation of safety. It is. It, it It's how safe will Indianapolis be because for all of us across the state, one big issue, that does the damage. And that's, of course, the other side of this coin. It's it's one of the reasons why people are like Olympics. Why in the world would we want to host the Olympics? It, it went from something of, of massive prestige massive headache. It's not worth it. And if you have violence issues, you might find that it's it's not worth it. So that's that's the other side of it. This is the thing I got to assume that both the NBA and the Pacers organization are hoping beyond hope doesn't happen. No big issues like that in the state of Indiana. You got to hope for that. And I think it creates another thing, which is a big weird. Oh, sure. Indianapolis, once again, you live in Muncie, you live in Bloomington. I get that math. Indianapolis, once again. It's, it's why I, ar- I, I shouldn't say it's why I argue. I want to say that I argue two things uh, in, in, in the same measure at the same time. First, uh, the idea that so goes Indianapolis, so goes the state. It's true because it is the capital, because it does get so much attention. You want it to be successful. You want it to do well. You want it to grow. You want it to build. You want these events to work because it does have a residual, it does have a ripple effect all all across the state. And it is why I always discuss that we need other cities doing well and thriving because Indianapolis needs competition because if it doesn't have competition, it rests on its laurels. And have you met the elected officials out in Indy? Good Lord, these people are these people are sad. They, they get the all-star game not because they did anything, but because the people who built this city did something. They need the competition. They need to be pressured. They need to be challenged for business, for, for entertainment, for everything. It is, it is clear that they, they need a challenge. So I, I want to bring more business to more places. I want to bring more opportunities to more places in Indiana, force indianapolis to be better it forces the rest of the state to be better and i think that circles good for everybody one man's opinion one man's theory i'm tony katz this is tony katz today so the chiefs beat the 49ers 25 to 22 in overtime and okay i moved on when does baseball begin you know how many times I've said in my life, when does baseball begin? Never. I have never said, when does baseball begin? I just don't want to hear any more about it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Mahomes is unstoppable. It's three Super Bowls in five years. He's been in the league for six years. But that's the ball game. We're done. There's nothing else to talk about. He is who he is. That's all there is to it. Nothing more, nothing less. So bring on baseball. I don't want to talk football anymore. The Lions couldn't beat the 49ers, nonsense. The 49ers couldn't beat the Chiefs, nonsense. The Ravens couldn't beat the Chiefs, nonsense. The Bills couldn't beat the Chiefs, nonsense. It's all nonsense. What am I supposed to say? I don't know. Maybe I just have an anti-dynasty thing. It's just, I I find it boring. Maybe I'm not alone in that. It It has zero to do with the Taylor Swift stuff. Zero, zero, zero to do with the taylor swift stuff that part doesn't move me at all all the people who were saying it's a psyop these people are are ridiculous the people who think that taylor swift is a psyop are only uh bested by the people who think that israel trying to eradicate hamas is a war crime oh they don't stop with that nonsense Hamas when Hamas is destroyed, everything will be better. How come there's not pressure for Hamas to surrender, Hamas to give up? When does it start? Oh no no. Israel is guilty of war crimes. I was talking about this today. War crime. They get attacked. They 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 go after the attacker. All of a sudden they're bad people. They're just indiscriminately killing. It's it's so gross. These Hamas lovers are freaks. The Sayat people are underneath that. Find everything at TonyCats.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.